So if you're an aspiring product manager and want to get an insider's view into product, you would love this episode. We will talk about how product management has been idolized on the web and it leads basically to some or maybe a lot of aspiring PNs believe what they will be doing once they, you know, uh, put their boots on the ground is the same as what they have been thought uh, over, you know, at some of the product boot camps that they attend at. Now, my guest today is Aaron Chang. Aaron is a VP of product at Coho, a Toronto-based fintech reinventing the everyday banking experience for Canadians. At Coho, he leads the product design, data, and marketing teams. Aaron has been focused on product throughout his two-decade career, spanning a variety of consumer and enterprise SaaS businesses, including Microsoft and IBM. Prior to joining Coho in 2018, Aaron has spent over three years at Flip, a retailer technology company where he led its 100-plus product engineering and data teams. Hey, I'm your host, Cyrus Sleeman, and welcome to PM Hub Podcast, a show dedicated to bringing you fresh and unique insights from product leaders and tech entrepreneurs. All right. Hey, Aaron. Welcome to PM Hub. Hey, Cyrus. Nice. Nice to be here. For sure. Now, I'm very excited to dive deep uh, into this topic with you, Aaron, because uh, there's not a lot of content out there on this uh, on the web. But before we do that, I'm really curious, you know, we all have different journeys into product. What was your journey? Yeah, I, I think my is probably one of the journeys where I actually started probably earlier than most. Uh, traditionally, most people get to product as kind of a mid-career transition where I started uh Always, I've always been a product, and that really started. Uh, I went to Waterloo for undergrad in, in CompEng, and at the time, I, I did a few co-op terms doing software programming, and which was fine. But I realized uh, I was definitely missing something. I, I was okay as a developer, but I realized I was never going to be great at it, uh, mainly because I probably didn't uh, live, breathe, and, and sleep it. And I was just, it just kind of became a job for me and something I did. So I was in school. I was looking for something else to do, and. At the time, Microsoft happened to have a program manager, which is their combination of project manager slash product manager co-op term uh, in Seattle. And I decided to give it a shot. And once I did, I realized it's kind of it was kind of my calling and my niche in terms of being able to still leverage a lot of things I learned in school around technical and being able to work with developers, but also kind of melding in the design side, the business side, and really look at holistically, not just building something, but building something that actually solves a user's problem. And that really just appealed to me. And that's something I, I did those two co-op terms. I did full-time at Microsoft for a couple of years. And that's just something I've done uh, throughout my career now. Very cool. Actually, one of the few lucky ones, I guess, from the get-go into product. Yeah. And you had that CompSci background too, so that helped definitely. a lot, right? Definitely, definitely, yeah. I love that. Now, tell us about your role right now. You're a VP of product at Coho. Now, tell us about your team and what have you been done uh, since you joined? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I started Coho about actually just close to two years ago. So I joined in October of 2018. Uh, back then when Coho was about 50 people and it was just about to enter its scaling phase, we've grown to just over 110 right now. And it's been kind of a wild ride going through the past two years and growing a, a new bank in a market like Canada. But I, I think really the first part uh, of any role, any, any scaling role is really to kind of look at the team and look at you know, how can we put in a solid foundation? Um, to give you some more context about Coho, uh, even though when it was about 50 people when I joined, they had grew from about 15 people to 50 in less than a year. And their engineering team went from a team of four to about 25 
during that period. So in many ways, even when I joined, it was very much still operating as if it was a 15% company. Uh, there wasn't really a clear vision about what the product was going to be. There wasn't really kind of empowerment within the teams. It became team was just about kind of picking off tickets off the backlog and doing work. So really what I started doing is look at the market, putting a clear, solid vision in front of the team of saying, you know, here's the vision, here's the product texture of Coho, here's where we want to be. And then aligning the team to those visions so that for each team now, rather than just doing some piece of work and doing some development, they know they own a specific part of that vision, whether it's, you know, helping people to save more, whether it's helping people to create a better spending experience or whether it's focused on growth and getting people into the funnel and then really aligning and doing a lot of that. So once that's in place, then it is really about kind of going through the next step of how can we grow our midterm strategy. So this includes hiring up the product team. So kind of rebuilding the product team, hiring product managers, hiring product designers, and growing Coho from what was essentially a free spending product to offering paid offer tiers, um, offering additional savings products, and offering additional lending products as we grow out and try to create a fully-fledged bank for Canadians. Very cool. So you, you, you literally built the whole product practice at Coho, right? Pretty much. I, I think, I mean, there was a bit of a pra product practice before at Coho, but it was really essentially product at Coho before I joined was essentially design. It was people who needed, they needed to create screenshots and front end designs for devs to implement. And then there wasn't really kind of a cohesive product management practice there. Right, right. And I love how you took that top down approach, start from the vision and then work your way down. I love that. Uh, now, tell us about your career evolution, Aaron, as a product leader. Yeah, so I, I think it is very fortunate to see how much product as kind of a profession evolved over the past decade plus. I'll definitely say when I started, product was a lot less well-known. Uh, Google was just starting. Uh, Microsoft was the, probably the few companies that had a formal product management role, and it was just kind of starting very nascent practice. And obviously, in the past 10 years or so, there's been a huge evolution uh, of what product is and what product can bring. Like I'm dating myself a little bit, but even you know, <laughs> six, seven years ago, I work on products where literally we ship a DVD out to the customer, they install it locally. Obviously, in terms of the data, in terms of analytics, in terms of understanding consumer behavior, you get very little of that. And it's a very slow feedback loop. Now that, you know, especially on consumer product where everything is in the cloud, the amount of data we have, the amount of feedback loop we get from users is just astounding how much that's progressed. And Definitely, I think having started a large company like Microsoft and then going into startup has been a great fit. And I think it's been just really much a natural evolution. I think um, in startup, there's a lot of empowerment that naturally appeals to product managers in terms of being able to make decisions, driving a lot of autonomy, driving a bigger impact. But at the same time, at the bigger company, I was able to actually pick up a lot of solid foundational skills that I otherwise wouldn't have if I was just kind of throwing the deep end at a startup if I started my career. That way, so I think it was that was a nice mix for me where I learned a lot of foundational skills of how to build organizations, how to build products, how to work cross-functionally at larger companies, and then taking that and adapting it to a startup environment and make sure it works in a lot faster paced, a lot more agile environment. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now you mentioned uh, you know starting off at a bigger company and then switching to startups. Now, are there any industries, and this is for aspiring PMs out yeah. there, any industries that you suggest that you know like starting out specifically in, or like some of them you actually say it's not good to start in those? Uh, I, I do think, you know, in industry, there's just viable businesses. I think the one thing that I'll just watch out for is depending on your 
kind of inclination of whether you want to do B2B or B2C, that is a clear delineation. Uh, if you're B2B, especially focused on enterprise, that does involve a pretty different skill set than B2C. So that's something I will watch out for is that if you, if you want to deal with more consumers, definitely start out at a consumer company. If you're more interested in enterprise, start there. Otherwise, I think in any industry, I generally feel there's a lot of transferable skills within product. Like I've gone from uh, operating systems to big enterprise cloud software to e-com and now to fintech. So I've moved around industries and I think there's plenty of transferable skills there. It's more of just the B2B versus B2C divide. Right. So while we're on the topic, let's say if uh, you know, I'm an aspiring PM, let's say, and I don't know which one is a better one for me, B2B versus B2C. What's your What's your thoughts on that? So I think there's definitely pros and cons of both. I think generally, I think if you talk to a new grad, maybe they'll probably gravitate towards B2C. There is definitely uh, an empowering component in the sense that whatever you build gets potentially used by millions of consumers. Everyone would have heard hear about it. You get a chance to really do discovery, a lot of user interviews, and there's a lot of pros with that. I'll say on the con side is, uh, in many ways, it's much harder to build a B2C business. You're at the mercy of millions of consumers and their tastes and how they shift. Whereas in a B2B in an enterprise, you know, you're catering to your kind of head customers, your five, 10, 20, or even 50 largest customers. And as long as you can synthesize and distill what they need, it's a lot more clear of exactly what they need. Whereas on the B2C side, there's a lot of just consumer preference, consumer taste, consumer psychology that goes into it. So in many cases on B2C, you can do the right discovery, go through the right thought process and do the right thing so to speak, and still not have a product that a user actually wants and use and dot. Whereas I would say uh, that's less so on the B2B side. If you're working with enterprises, if you're doing the right job there in terms of uh, discovery, in terms of synthesizing the requirements, you will have a market and you will make money on it. Whereas B2C, it, it's just a lot harder on that. So I think there is kind of pros and cons there. Obviously, B2B, uh, you do have to work with your sales team a lot more, where something you don't have to worry about on the B2C side, and then building those relationships and building those close customer relationships is a new thing that a B2B product manager will build up those skill sets, whereas a B2C product manager wouldn't. So I guess it, it does make sense also as well, your location depends, uh, for example, Toronto itself is uh, kind of like a B2B dominated market. Right. Uh, versus like, you know, uh, the, the Bay Area, there's a lot of more B2Cs. Uh, so I guess that's also a factor to consider. Definitely. Yeah, very cool. But I guess it, your suggestion would be if you have the chance, uh, you know, the learnings that you get from a B2C space uh, is, is more because you have interactions with a lot of kind of direct to your end, end users, right? Yeah, and that's always valuable. And you, you do see a lot more B2B kind of, you know, be run like a B2C in terms of product-driven growth and getting a lot of that word mouth and starting with that. So that is a shift. And I, I do think there's a lot of skills you can pick up from a B2C. It is challenging, more challenging from a business perspective. I do feel um, when you're B2C, you're always somewhat beholden to Google, Facebook, or Amazon, whereas B2B, right. uh, you have less of those limitations. Right on, right on. Thanks for that. Uh, now let's talk about breaking into product. Uh, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about you know product management in your experience? Uh, I do think the product role probably gets somewhat idealized if you read most of the content. Uh, on the web and you read about these you know, wonderful frameworks of what product can actually be. And, and I think while all those things are right, uh, or for the most part right, um, but they do um, 
you do run into issues when one, like kind of when reality sets in, when you live with real business and real resource constraints where you can't actually, you don't have the time uh, to do, actually do the things you want to do. And the second thing, especially on the B2C side, as I mentioned, is even doing the right thing doesn't guarantee you'll be successful. Uh, if you can just apply a framework and always build a successful product, then I would say everyone will be building successful mm-hmm. products if you just follow the framework. But in the most cases, you can follow the framework, do the right things, do the right discovery, and still not build a successful product because it is super hard to build a successful product. And if you think about kind of everything out there and how many product actually fails uh, in the world, in, in the market, it is really hard thing to do. And especially when the reality sets in, it is a very different ball game when you're actually kind of boots on the ground and building out the product, getting a release, getting real user feedback versus, let's say, learning a specific framework of how to do customer discovery uh, in a test book. And I will say... If someone really wants to be a product manager, if if that they want to make decisions or be kind of mini CEO, you, see, you hear a lot about product being the CEO of the product. It probably doesn't work out. Uh, it really does come down to, I think, as a product person, you need that innate sense of accountability and passion for building that product. Uh, you shouldn't be wanting to be a product manager because you just want to make the decisions and make the call uh, because it's the role itself is so much more than that. It is about you actually have passion for the product. You want to do the right thing for your consumers and doing the work that's needed to actually understand your, the impact of decisions and making the right decisions and being able to kind of live with the consequences of those decisions. Those are really the hard part. Actually making a decision, that's pretty easy, but living with the consequences, taking accountability for your decision and knowing plenty of times, you, frankly, you'll be wrong. Uh, you will waste engineering effort. You will build features that no one wants to use. That just part for the course. And being able to live with that and being able to understand the impact of that is really kind of core to being a product manager. Right on. Yeah. Now I love that, especially the part that you mentioned, you have to like that, have a passion for that product itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think in, in the book, Inspired by Marty Kagan, he talks about you should be comfortable with at least half of the, the features you have on your roadmap actually not to work out. You should be okay oh, yeah. with that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. So I think the other thing is the role itself, even though it's a similar title, product manager, it is very different at different companies. Uh, a lot of companies, frankly, it's a glorified project manager or glorified scrum master and pro- product owner, where you're just kind of writing out stories and, and assigning tickets to people. Uh, at Coho, definitely I see the role as someone with singular responsibility over their product area. And what I mean by that is ultimately you're the one person who's accountable for the results of the product and how well that kind of how well that performs in market. That doesn't mean you have to do everything, but you have to make sure everything is done, whether it's working with engineering to figure out requirements and getting things kind of shipped, to working with user success to help to ensure that it's properly supported, working with marketing to ensure there's a marketing launch with it, working with risk, working with legal, working with all those teams to make sure that the full product launch itself is successful and it gets into users' hands and users are actually able to benefit from it. And ultimately, it comes down to the decisions that a product manager makes. And ultimately, it comes down to the product manager being able to work cross-functionally and being able to live with that accountability and be able to drive that forward. Like what you hear so far, make sure to never miss an episode by clicking on the subscribe button now. This podcast has been made possible by listeners like yourself, and I'm thankful for your support. Now, let's head back to the show. Yeah, no, I love that. I love how you give them a sense of ownership to own that area. And kind of like that, that kind of accountability comes with that as well. I love that. 
Uh, now, wh what do you think these kind of misconceptions that come? What's the root cause of uh, these misconceptions, in your opinion? Yeah, I think a few things. One is definitely still, it's a pretty new role, and it's not a role that maps to a degree. You can't get an undergrad in product management, where if you think about almost any other role, you know, you get your engineering degree, your marketing degree, your finance degree, and so on and so forth, whereas a product is a combination of that, and it's a kind of a, uh, a mid-career role change for a lot of people, so not having a kind of a degree and a formal path to it definitely affects it, and then different people kind of comes in at different ways. I think the other thing is uh, product manager has been kind of you know, glamorized to a lot of extent. If you read a lot of articles and you hear somewhat, you know, the Ben Horowitz of, you know, you've been the mini CEO, uh, you make all the decisions, you see people like uh, Marissa Meyer, like Satya, uh, you know, Sundar, all these people coming from product backgrounds and then moving up kind of the food chain. So people do get romanticized of, you know, I own the product, I make all the decisions and that can't glamorize without thinking through kind of the nitty gritty dirty work you have to do. Uh, if they don't realize, you know, uh, if your system is down at, 2 a.m., the sales guy is going to call you to say, what the hell is going on? Why isn't this working when during the middle of my demo? And those are things that doesn't get talked about in articles, but those are definitely part of a good product manager's accountability. I love that. So, you know, Aaron, you worked, uh, you know, for, for almost, I guess, uh, more or less of two decades in product. Uh, I'd love to hear your view of, you know, doing product management at different companies that you worked at. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. And I think the, the first thing I mentioned was the B2B versus B2C, which was a clear differentiation. The other thing is is, is the product culture. I, I really see that you know the product culture ultimately determines your day-to-day -day in a role and how decisions are made. Uh, I've actually done some kind of consulting on the side and just helping people who are looking to hire their first head of product or first VP product. And one of the questions I always ask the founders is, you know, how are you making product decisions right now and how would that change once you hire that person? And that always gets them to think through because usually when a startup kind of starts out, it is the founders that are acting as product managers. They're making the product decisions. They're figuring out what to build. And then to actually delegate that to someone else is actually a big thing uh, for most founders to kind of give away uh, their initial ideas, the initial thoughts and understanding that someone else will be accountable for that. But that is critical, super important to establishing a product culture and how our product decision is going to be made moving forward in an organization. And I do think partially due to the newness of the role, you do see cases where, you know, you'll never see someone kind of advance to a CFO if they don't have a finance background. Uh, no CT, every CTO is technical. Uh, every chief marketing officer has done marketing in their past. Whereas you do see some people just move mid-career into uh, a VP product or chief product officer, even though they'd be on a tech side or on being a marketing side. It was kind of assumed that anyone can move into the product role when they're senior enough. Even though product is a distinct profession, there's distinct set of skill sets and not a lot of organization kind of thinks about it that way and sets up properly, in which case the role can become very different in those organizations. Very interesting. And I guess that's such a good point you mentioned with the co-founder, with the founders of, of a startup and how they could become a bottleneck when they want to bring, you know, uh, this product person to, you know, give that accountability of that area. And I, that's understandable, right? It's, it's their baby, of course. right? Yeah. yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that does make sense. Okay. Uh, very cool. Now, I'm curious to know your approach uh, to, to hiring uh, product managers, spe specifically the ones that don't have any previous experience mm -hmm. in the field. Yeah, so I think my general approach there is to take kind of internal transfers from adjacent roles uh, for someone who doesn't have product management experience. So the adjacent role could be an engineer, could be a QA, 
uh, could be user success, could even be marketing. I've actually had successful transition from all those fields mm-hmm. across. Um, I do think it's important be, for kind of someone transitioning to role to already be familiar with the company as well as the product itself so that you're not trying to learn a new company and product alongside kind of learning a new role. Uh, pr- the product role is hard enough as it is without having to learn everything from scratch. So I generally prefer kind of internal transfers. And generally, I do feel given the challenges of a, of a product role and the challenges for new product managers, I do like to have the ramp up period being fairly slow. Like I always tell new product managers, almost take as long as you need to kind of ramp up because, you know, th- and don't worry about feeling too slow because there'll be plenty of challenges down the road where it feels like uh, the weight of the world is on your shoulders. There'll be plenty of time for that. In the early goings, take the time, get used to it, get used to working with engineering, get used to understanding the product, get used to the use, understanding the users, and take as long much as they need to slowly ramp up because once they're fully ramped up and once they kind of have the accountability over the product, then kind of everything hits them all at once and they really need to build that strong foundation to be really successful. Yeah. Very, very interesting viewpoint you have. Uh, and it does make sense because like you mentioned, there's like the, uh, they already have a knowledge of the product of the company itself. It's just that the, um, the foundations that they need to build up. Right. So uh, now I'm curious to know, have you ever hired a fresh PM, you know, out from outside the company? Uh, I haven't, I have hired, like say fresh kind of what I consider associate PMs or more like product analysts in and then having them kind of support a product and eventually grow into a product manager. I would say I'm pretty leery of hiring a fresh kind of product manager straight into the role with someone who doesn't have any prior experience. I, I do feel that's a very tough adjustment. And most companies I've seen of people who gets hired in, they, they're essentially more like product owners where they're, they're pushing tickets and writing stories, but without that accountability. And then over time, they may eventually actually get to do a, a product manager's work. Right. So is that what I'm hearing is maybe for somebody who wants to get into product, maybe starting out with a product owner role could be an easier kind of getting to work from their way up, right? Yeah, definitely. A product owner or product analyst, something that's kind of adjacent field and getting used to and starting to build the skill set on it versus kind of straight in to say, hey, hey, you own this now, you know, drive this KPI and, uh, you know, build your vision for the team. I feel that, that that would be a really tough thing for any kind of new person to do. Hundred percent. That does make sense. Now, what are some of the important factors, in your opinion, to consider when you, uh, you know, want to decide to break into product from your perspective? So I think it is important to kind of learn the foundation skills early on, uh, and don't worry about the title or even, frankly, the company itself, because don't assume you'll probably stay with that company long term. It is more important of going to a company with good product culture, with good mentors you can learn from and build those foundational skills. And I really see kind of any product manager, it comes down to kind of three core things they need to be able to do. Uh, First thing is obviously discovery and building out your product vision, product roadmap. So being able to understanding how to talk to customers, understanding requirements, being able to do a lot of synthesis of talking to a lot of people and then boiling that up to kind of singular ideas and singular strands of figuring out what you need to build and figuring out those requirements. So that's probably one. Uh, the second thing is actually being able to work closely with engineering. And I think a lot of velocity and a lot of doing things better and faster and more efficient comes from a product manager who can actually work closely hand in hand with engineers. Uh, I, I very much believe in the kind of 80-20 rule where you can deliver 80% of the value from 20% of the work, but you just don't know what that 20% of the work is. And you need the product manager to be able to work closely with the engineer, to be able to take 
the product requirements, break it down into manageable pieces and work closely to actually execute and deliver something faster and getting things out to users faster and earlier and getting that feedback and getting that learning. So that's number two. And the third thing, frankly, comes down to communication. Um, product manager is usually the hub of the product. Um, you have to be product expert, but you have to do a lot of kind of product evangelizing, making sure everyone understands what the product is about and is ready to support that product. One of the things I always tell new product managers is, you know, you can get asked about the exact same question by a developer and a salesperson, but they could be looking for very different answers. And if you provide the same answers to both, you're doing it wrong. Uh, and you, as a product manager, you have to recognize not only you know what the people are asking, but who is asking and what they're actually getting at and be able to develop your communication skills to be able to properly answer and probably provide context to your cross-functional team. Very cool. I especially like the last one about communication and how do you have to tailor it. I remember I had a mentor once, he said, you can't uh, bait a fish with a strawberry, right? So yeah. uh, I think it resonates with what you're talking about here. Uh, very cool. Now you you've given a lot of tips, uh, Aaron, today. Now, what are if if I were to ask you, what are your top three advice to give to aspiring PMs? What would that be? So I think the first thing I would say is actually pick up some data analytics or design skills. I always found those in the sense that most product orgs they're always short on data, short on design. And if you want to break into a new product role, even if they're not ready to hire you as a product manager right now, if you have those additional data analytics skills and design skills so that can be helpful, it's a lot more likely for that product work to take a chance on you, maybe coming in as a product owner or coming in as a product analyst and getting started out, getting your foot in the door because uh, you offer adjacent skills that's super helpful and any organization will need those skills. So I'll say that's the number one thing, pick up those adjacent skills because they'll help you get in the door because you can provide additional value to the organization. Um, second thing is definitely picking the right product culture and making sure that you're learning from the right people. You can build good habits. If you're a new product manager going into a small company, maybe, and they, you're the first product hire, I would say go away from that because you're not going to be able to learn from the right people and build a solid foundational skill. So definitely look for an organization where there are good mentors and real people you can learn from. And then the third thing is really, I feel a lot of product comes down to empathy and being able to understand what the users want. And that really comes from the mindset of it's not about what you want, what you like, what you're building and who you're building for could be very different from your own preferences and just kind of throwing your own personal preference out the window. I always tell my team, like no one on my team should know what's my favorite feature of the application because it's not important and it doesn't really matter. Whereas I see some companies where they're like, oh, this is CL's favorite feature. So we have to do this right. Yeah. That actually doesn't really matter. It is really about who you're targeting and the users and what they actually like. You have to throw that way. You have to build that empathy and really understand what your customers want and not your personal preference. Yeah, no, I really love that, especially the last one as well, and empathy. Thank you for sharing. Uh, now, are there any tools or resources? You know, you, you, we know there's a lot out there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot out there that they glorify product, but yeah. if somebody wants to get to kind of know the product the right way. Are there any resources that you recommend, Aaron? So uh, I think definitely, you know, you mentioned a little bit of Inspired by Marty Kagan. That's always a great book to initially read to get learn um, product. I, I do think uh, quite a few good blocks from Amplitude, uh, from Intercom, they're actually all quite good and go through a lot of details about how those people think through product and a lot of blocks. I'm not sure it's necessarily kind of applied in practice everywhere, but I do think they, there's a lot of good information there of how people think about product and doing a lot of that. 
uh, if you go maybe even one level higher to think through kind of business strategy and how kind of product intersects with business, uh, one blog I, I really ascribe to is Ben Thompson from Strategy. And that has really a lot of good articles of someone who thinks from thinks of technical strategy from a business perspective, from a product perspective. And I do find that's that's a really good kind of newsletter to spread to. Very cool. Yeah, strategy is pretty cool as well. Yeah. I like that. Awesome. Well, Aaron, thank you so much for taking the time today and being on the show and talking about, you know, uh, from boot camps to boots on the ground. Great. No, glad to be here. Thanks. That's it for this week's episode of PMH Podcast, guys. If you enjoyed today's show, feel free to share on your LinkedIn social media and leave a five-star review so we can reach more audience. If you have any suggestions, definitely reach out to me. My email is cyrus at productmanagerhub.org. Now we can get all the tips and action items for uh, this episode for free uh, at this bit.ly link I'm going to give you. It's bit.ly forward slash pmhub1717. Also, subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. I'm Sayur Sleeman, and until next show, stay safe and healthy.